Hi, Giselle. How are you? Well, how are you doing today? I am good. How are, it's, is, it, is the weather nice where you are? It is. I'm so yeah, sad that we're stuck inside. <laughs> I know. <laughs> yeah. All right. So how are you feeling, feeling today? How do you feel about the session? You know what? Um, I'm a little nervous, and I don't know why. Hmm. <laughs> yeah. Um, could it be because of what you might have discovered? How do you feel? Tell me, before we dive right into what you might have discovered with your self-reflection activity, how do you feel about what you might have discovered? Um, I feel like... I made progress over the years, mm. and I realize now, like, um, maybe I am growing up, despite what I think about myself still, because mm. um, sometimes I don't think I'm an adult, but people are like, hey, listen, you are an adult, um, and then now I'm seeing, they were right, <laughs> so I guess maybe just looking at things in more of, a, like, an outsider perspective that I'm saying, wow, um, I was worrying about the little things, and then now that I have to worry about the bigger things, this is what it's important. And so I'm glad that I can look at it like that, that those little things are not important anymore. Mm. Um, and I'll have more smaller things to worry about in the future. Nice. Um, That's nice. Mm -hmm. I love that you mentioned you'll have the smaller things to worry about in the future, that... That's important for people to understand because when you're aiming to get your life together, not that it might be all over the place, but just when you're aiming mm -hmm. to get to that point of fulfillment, it's important that people understand that after fulfillment comes, life is not going to be all peace. Everything yep. isn't going to be perfect. And there will be other things that you're going to have to deal with and other hurdles that you're going to have to jump, but mm -hmm. they are not going to affect you the same way that they did before you found your right. fulfillment. And therefore, there are going to be small things. So I love that you have that perspective. All right. So let us dive into it. All right. So do you have the material in front of you? I do. Yeah, yeah. Okay, awesome. So what you were supposed to do is considering spirituality, uh, relationships, mm -hmm. and success, you were to write down whatever you could have thought of as it related to your past, your present, mm -hmm. and your future. So first, tell me what it is that you wrote down for your future and what you want. All right. So for my future, I wrote, in terms of spirituality, I want to be more in tune with my thoughts and let my intuition continue to drive me. I've always felt like my intuition was very strong, and I want to keep listening to it. Um, maybe it'll guide me better. Um, and also, I want to just keep being having more positive outlook and believe in the good rather than always seeing the negative. Mm -hmm. um, and I want to believe that my journey was meant to follow this trajectory. I want to believe that things happen for a reason, because I'm not a believer of that, but I want to eventually come to terms with that. Mm -hmm. um, and also... You know, I feel like spirituality is also with uh, fine-tuning yourself, like disciplining yourself to, like, working out. So I want to mentally and physically be stronger mm -hmm. um, in that in that way. Um, and then when it comes to relationships, I want to keep having the good company that I have around, those who have supported my journey of going from corporate to freelancing because they don't understand that. They're more, my friends are more corporate, but they've been really supportive. And they always say, hey, Giselle, <laughs> hey, Giselle, you're really brave for taking a leap. I would never do that. 
but I admire you. So I want to keep being inspiration for my friends. Also, I want to leave toxic family behind and keep the ones who are actually worth it around me so they can see me grow. Um, and I want to, when it comes to romantic or platonic, um, I want to find someone that I can build with, not necessarily rush into marriage or kids. I, you know, maybe start as friends or start as an associate and then build from there. Um, and also when it comes to professional relationships, I want to have a network of those who share my passion so I can create contact with people who share my same vision and that we can just kind of like feed off each other. Like, oh, hey, I have something for you. Oh, wait, I, I thought about something. I thought about a project. You know, Giselle will be great for this project. Yeah. And it's great to have people think about you. Um, so those are things relationship wise and success. I want to, who knows, maybe I'll actually go to grad school, um, mm -hmm. to be a professor. It's always been inside me. I'm not sure if I'm a teacher of kids, but maybe I'm a teacher of people my age. <laughs> so, mm -hmm, because people have always told me in the jobs that I've held, oh, wow, you're a really good trainer. You know, you have a lot of patience and it kind of makes me feel like, Hey, maybe I am capable of being a professor. Um, so that's one thing. And then also, you know, just sharing my passion, my experience in the media field, I want to tell people, like, you can do it too. And I'm going to show you what I've learned in the industry. So next point, I want to collaborate without fear, take risk, mm -hmm. uh, not be afraid to reach out and see what I can provide for others. You know, sometimes you can fill a void for others and they'll say, hey, you know, that role could belong to you, Giselle. So I think that's something that I want to continue, hopefully, to do with people, build that relationship of confidence and reliability. And lastly, I want to have content out there that can educate, can make people laugh, and makes them easy to connect with me. Um, so that, to me, if I have a reaction from someone, that, to me, is just success. Mm, I got you. Just a documentation. Okay, yes. that's for the last one, right? Okay, got it. Uh, yeah, all right. So that is it. I love this. I love this. This is great. I love that you you went so in depth with what you wrote. Have you ever had a chance to go so in depth in thinking about the things that you wanted before? Um, not really, to be honest. Maybe, maybe now I'm starting to do that mm -hmm. when it comes to my career. Mm -hmm. Um. But that's really, I didn't think about, you know, romance or friendships or family. I was more focused on career because I feel like I'm kind of starting from the ground up again, starting mm -hmm. at zero. So I guess maybe I realized that I, I need to, you know, open up every, what do you call it, portal. Right. Absolutely. <laughs> at this point. Yeah. For sure. Remember that I told you when we first spoke off of the podcast, like, because uh, you mentioned that. You want to be, so, and we're going to deal with this in like a different session, but just to put it out there that you mentioned that you want to be so caught up in your career, so to speak, yeah. that would be the success part that you don't want to be concerned or to be thinking about the relationship aspects, particularly romantic ones. And I mentioned to you that while I understand that, and it yeah. can be somewhat of a coping mechanism for not right. dealing with certain things, it definitely wouldn't be healthy because right. who you are 
is made up of all of these factors. And when you fill one of them up too much and you still leave the other empty, you would never be able to find fulfillment still like you. I definitely understand that, you know, your career is important to you as it should be. You, it's definitely something that you're passionate about. But all these other things, once they come to you in a way that is right and in a way mm-hmm. that will make you feel good, like you're saying, a partner that you could build with, that person is out there. And once you get that, you're going to be as passionate about that relationship and that person as you are about your career. And having that balance is, is what happiness is. Yes, so yes, for sure. You're feeling and understanding that you can open up <laughs> to these things now. I'm glad that the narrative is not trying to fill up on one too much and forget about this, mm-hmm. but that they will all contribute to your happiness. All right, so that is future. Tell me what you wrote about the past. Ooh, okay, this one's a little loaded, so if you have any actual specific questions, so free no, tax. Speak um, freely, speak freely. Okay, okay, so in terms of sexuality, um, I would say I was really negative. Mm-hmm. Um, I held on to past traumas because I never got closure, and I thought getting closure meant being at peace with myself. But once I realized that when it comes, even when it was romantic or friendly and uh, things ended abruptly, um, I felt incomplete. Um, you know, you start to question yourself, what did I do? Um, and so, you know, you kind of start blaming yourself for their the gaslighting and their manipulation. Uh, but then I found a way to heal myself through music. Mm-hmm. And especially going to music festivals, I found people who I didn't even know. Uh, I didn't know at the festivals that can relate to me just through the beats. Mm-hmm. And so that was one way of turning my negativity to something different. I've never done that before. But I would say that was my way of coping with that um, mentally and everything um, and physically. And for some reason, I developed this intense intuition, especially towards with men. Um where I can feel their energy, and I would use that uh, whether they were good or bad for me. Um, it kind of still... Can I cut you off there? Let me ask you what you meant by that. You would use this intuition, whether it was good or bad or for you. What, tell me what you mean by that. Uh, yeah, I'm trying to describe it. So what's funny, sometimes I would feel like... It was really strange. Sometimes I would say, hey, I'm thinking about a certain someone, and then I know where they would, they would text me. Or they would call me. Um, sometimes I would get a really bad feeling. And then I would say, you know what? Let me look on social media. And then I would see they have a girlfriend. Mm-hmm. It's that kind of stuff. It could it could have been good. Like it, it saved me the trouble of, you know, actually continue to date the person. Or it would be bad where it's like, hey, you're being paranoid. You're, you're overthinking it. It's not worth it. Leave it alone, you know? So that's what I mean by good or bad. <laughs> I have like let some potentially good situations go because of the the overthinking um yes yes and no i kind of feel like it it um because of the people that were there back then it kind of uh saved me the trouble because they actually turned out to be bad people Mm -hmm. um because one ended up taking advantage of me and what's funny, my intuition was so strong. I didn't know why I felt uncomfortable, even though we were attracted to each other. I didn't understand why I was nervous. I thought, oh, maybe I really do like him, but it turned out he took advantage of me. And I said, wow, next time I really need to listen to my intuition and why I was so un- 
uh, uneasy like about the situation. So yeah, that's okay. a really touchy subject, but yeah, yeah. I'm open to talking about it because now I feel stronger and I know how to protect myself the next time around if that situation would happen. Um, but I, I kind of forgot what I'm saying now. <laughs> okay, so you were you were talking about the. We're definitely gonna. I want to do a session that is going to be a, like so. You know, just revolving a lot around relationships for you. So we're gonna do that later. Yeah. Just I just wanted to extrapolate from what you said there, so that I could okay. You don't know where to take that. But you were talking about the past and the last point you were making. Because presumably you're like reading from stuff is about the feeling yes. and energy of men. Yes, 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 and usually. I turn out to be correct mm-hmm. when I feel kind of weird. Like, why do I feel like he's bad, even though he hasn't exuded any traits yet that were bad? Does that make sense? Yeah, 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 definitely. So, and it's weird. I, and I'm like, no, maybe I'm overthinking. But then it's like, well, you know, that's too bad. You gave it the benefit of the doubt, and you shouldn't have given the benefit of the doubt to this guy. <laughs> so that's what I mean. And, and usually I'm very quick to cut ties with someone when I see, like, a red flag. Mm. Um, but I don't. I don't think it's fleet, like it's fleeting. You know, sometimes I, I do it for the right reasons. It's not like, oh, I regret it. Cause sometimes it just turns out it's not going to work out. You know, I, I, cause sometimes when I do give someone a chance that I'm just like, oh, you know, maybe they're out of the ordinary for what type of person I would date. They end up screwing me over. So I'm like, you know what? This is why I'm picky. But the moments where I do give it a shot, I make sure not to take a romantic and say, Hey, let's, let's go, you know, be friendly. And, and then from there we'll see. But it, it varies guy to guy. It really does. So it's never like one, you know, uh, what is it? One answer for every scenario that I've been in. Hmm. Um, yeah. But I'm trying to see what else. I think that was the last bullet for spirituality. Yeah. Oh that intuition, that very intense woman's intuition. <laughs> yeah. Oh, my God. I'm telling you. It's crazy. <laughs> All right, and then we go to relationships. Yes, so I noticed that I was unable to keep um, professional relationships. Like, I was always the one keeping in touch, but I never got the same in return. So I felt discouraged, and I stopped um, reaching out to them because I felt like I was bothering them, and because I wasn't that experienced back then, I felt like, hey, they're going to keep me at bay, but they're not going to entertain me because I have nothing to offer at the time. So I kind of, I got discouraged and I said, you know what, you know, I stopped reaching out and I stopped saying, hey, let's go meet for coffee because it's like, you're not giving me the time of day anyways. Um, so yeah, that's kind of bad, but I felt like that for a reason. And I mean, there's not much they could have done for me. Mm-hmm. Um, but at the same time, I did grow close to people who were in similar situations because five years ago I was unemployed. I was single. Right. Um, so I had a few friends also who had graduated and who had issues looking for jobs and people who were having issues in the dating, um, area in their life. So I felt like I can relate to them. Um, and I feel alone, um, people that I can call three o'clock in the morning if I wanted to cry, like they were there for me. Um, and then lastly, this one's the one that was kind of brand new to me because I don't, I, I never really did it often, but at that time I was also trying to explore casual sex. Mm-hmm. but I would wind up with the wrong people not knowing you know until it happens you don't know who a person really is so that would happen sometimes other times 
not really, you know, but I'm not the type to kind of do casual sex. I, I need a connection to make it mean something. Not that I need to be in love, but I mean, it's I prefer. A, relationship of some, a connection of some sort. Yes, a connection. Yes. Um, and I always thought, oh, I need to be in love because when I was with my boyfriend and I was in love, it was great. The, the sex was great. But now when I did it casually, I was like, huh, this is, this is interesting. I mean, do I like the person not to see them again? Or, you know, did they stop talking to me because it, they, I wasn't good in bed with them, even though I'm confident? And you know what I mean? It's one of those things that it's always up to the person. It, it's, it's like, you didn't, sometimes I always tend to blame myself back then, but now I'm like, you know what? No, that's not my problem. What they think about me is none of my business. Mm-hmm. So actually that will be in the now. So I'm going to save that for now. Okay. <laughs> but, um, then Wait, before I before you move on from that, can, let me just ask you, what exactly yeah. is it that made you want to try do like just getting into the casual sex sort of lifestyle? Um, because I guess dating apps were popular at the time. And I said, you know what? It doesn't hurt to kind of meet people. Dating apps. Oh, okay. Yes. Mm -hmm. And I said, okay, you know, let me give it a shot. And, you know, I found that my friends were having success. So I said, okay, maybe the people aren't so bad. I never was the type to meet people from online. But I said, you know, let me just see. And so... Of course, some apps are worse than others where they just want to have sex with you on the, like, within an hour of meeting them, which is crazy. And I was like, no, that, that's a red flag. So I would look for people who want to hang out and eventually get there. Um, but I guess because the thing is I hadn't had sex in a while mm-hmm. that I said, hey, I have an itch I want to scratch. And, you know, I'm, I'm kind of tired of doing it myself. So <laughs> let me see what I can find. Mm-hmm. And so, you know, it, it wasn't. It was like wishy-washy. Sometimes I would find someone who was decent, but they didn't stick around or they were taken and I didn't know it. Um, so it was kind of one of those things that it was either you were kept in the dark or, you you, you know, you everything was at face value. Like they would say, hey, I have a girlfriend or I'm married. It's like, whoa, okay. <laughs> but um, I just, like I said, I wanted to explore myself more because I had very few partners at the time. So I wanted to explore that part of myself. How did um, that entire thing? Have you stopped, or do you still? Um, I actually. Okay, this is the thing. When I did have sex, it was probably like once a year. Mm-hmm. Um, but I would. I'm okay with celibacy, and I stopped having sex like two years, and then I had sex again, and then I would I would celibate for two years again, and then I broke out celibacy around October of last year. Mm-hmm. So it was kind of, it's kind of one of those things that it's like, oh, if it happens, great. But if it doesn't happen, okay, gotcha. it's not that important. Yeah. Because okay. I want it with the right person for me right. at the moment. Because I wanted to ask, like, what that entire, like, period of, you know, being involved in that and, you know, obviously them not ending in a way that was favorable. Right, right. that has affected you? And if it has, like, just the whole doing that, how it would have affected you if it did? It was frustrating, though, I'm not going to lie. I, I would get really emotional and say, what is wrong with me? What is going on? Why is it that somebody else can find a friends with benefits, but then I, can, I end up with someone who just wants a one-night stand, let's say? Um, it was frustrating. It was very emotional at the same time, too, because I never wanted to get attached, but then I didn't want them to treat me like crap if I were to get attached. You know, it's like, hey, you know, maybe we can lessen the contact and maybe be friends or maybe just, you know, I don't know. You know what I mean? I've never been through that. So I was scared of getting attacked. And it kind of happened with, like, one person. But 
I never wanted to be like the jealous person or, you know, because we weren't committed. Mm -hmm. So it was a struggle of trying to control my emotions versus keeping it just physical without emotions. Mm -hmm. So, yeah. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Gotcha. All right. Okay, go ahead. Like I said, I just wanted to get some of that out. All right, go ahead. Oh, yes, success. Mm -hmm. So then um, I was actually very happy about graduating from a four-year college. Uh, I graduated with a 3.5, um, and for me, I love school so much, so I was took pride in that. I was really good at writing papers, and I felt like, hey, I'm going to tackle the world with my knowledge and my skills and everything. Um, I had a bunch of interesting experience. I eventually found a job at one old TV companies, and I felt my degree was finally worthy. Um, so that's that was my part of success there. Um in the past. So that was kind of short. Yeah. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. So, I think so you said you were very happy about your academic career and you tackled the world. You were ready and willing to tackle the world with your intelligence and just your experience and whatever you had to offer. Um, do you think or do you feel like you still have that same passion or do you think that anything happened to that passion like when you came out of school and went into the working world? Like, did it grow at that time in your past or was it nullified? Like, what do you think happened to it in that time? In that time, it definitely thumbs down. Okay. It it went down. I wasn't, because I wasn't getting the jobs that I wanted, um, I didn't feel good about my success of getting a degree. Okay. I felt like it was a waste of my time. I felt like I paid so much money for, for what, for a piece of paper. Um, I felt like I didn't need the degree at the point that I wanted to be in because I could have eventually had that um, on-field experience and the job that I wanted Um, because a lot of them didn't need a four-year degree. Mm -hmm. So I kind of felt like bamboozled, like I played myself. (laughs) But at the same time, it wouldn't have gotten me to because that's the place where you would see qualifications right. must have degree. Same thing with so there's these places that said, hey, must have had internship experience. Okay, maybe it wasn't so much of a waste, you know? Mm-hmm. Okay, gotcha. All right. All right, let's go to the future now. Oh, the now? The future, sorry. The now, the present. <laughs> okay. Let's go to the present now. All right, so... This one is loaded, but I'm actually happy that I did this. Um, so I've noticed recently, at least this year, I haven't been too negative. I'm more realistic and willing to take risks. Mm-hmm. I am willing to try new things to see if something is right for me. I feel more connected with myself since I've been more comfortable with experimenting especially with jobs and that sorts. And happiness, I realized, does not equate to the job title or how much money you make. Mm-hmm. Um, and I feel like I'm taking care of my body now since I've been working now. Um, I feel like that's a sign of my body thanking me when I don't have any back aches or knee issues that I used to have. Mm-hmm. So I feel like that's my discipline right there building up. Um, I'm trying to see... What else did I write? Um, I think it's I think that's it for spirituality. But I do feel like there is good and bad in the world, whether it's karma or not. I'm not a soul believer in like uh, what you, what do you, what do you mean like um 
you know, what you put out, what you get in or what comes around goes around. I don't. I just feel like eventually people will teach you certain lessons and you can either take it or leave it. So that's how I'm taking it now when I get a bad experience. Okay, well, I learned from it. How can I not make it happen again? If it does happen again, was it really my fault? You know, what What can I see? Was my, uh, where do I take accountability versus when it wasn't, when it wasn't my fault? Because I, like I said, I used to blame myself a lot. And sometimes I don't understand why certain things happened to me when I didn't, I wasn't like being malicious or something, you know, in a certain event. Um if that makes sense. No, um, sure. So it's one of those things that I'm trying to figure out how to navigate around. Bad stuff happens to good people. Mm. Uh, yeah. Mm-hmm. I get that. All right. And relationships? So this one has been more focused on familial mm-hmm. and friendly and actually professional as well. So I've been amending sibling relationships. Um, I've always been close to my siblings, but there's some things that happened this year that I realized behind the scenes were happening without my realization of like secrets and little betrayals that I never thought were going to happen because I thought we were always very apparent about our issues. Something happened. And so I had to confront them. And now we're working on our relationships Um, because they're very lucky that I'm the little sister that will hear them out and forgive them. But I don't want them to think that, hey, she's always going to be here and do that. I, I told them, like, listen, you have to earn my trust, and this is how it's going to be done. Uh, don't expect me to come to you. You need to prove to me, you know? Right. So that's one thing that I like that I make sure. <laughs> if you want to build it up again, it's a two-way street, you know? Because um, every time that it's happened in the past, not with them, but with certain friendships, mm-hmm. they would say, sorry. And then they would expect me to reach out to them and to do this and to that. No, that's not my responsibility. You want to prove yourself to me, not the, way, the other way around. Mm-hmm. So, Can you know, I it's one of those things. Do you think, that, is it, why do you think people would have expected that from you? Is it because of your age at the time? Or do you think that you might, you might have done it before, like you used to do it before, and that's why they thought you would still be doing it? You know what? I don't know. That's a really good question because I'm trying to figure that out. Um, mm-hmm. <laughs> I, I, don't know if it's an age thing. I would say more intimidation thing because I, I'm going to give one example. I had this one friend at the time. She was from a high school friend. We we're very close. She dated my brother. The friendship was ruined because that relationship was ruined. And so I never really saw her again. So then a few years later, it's like 2015, and she, I see that she's dating my brother again. And so we bumped into the same street and said, hey, let's go out for a drink. And she says, hey, I want to say I'm sorry. I really loved our friendship and I missed you. I said, okay, you know, she's opening her heart to me. And so I said, sure, feel free to like, you know, if you ever want to hang out, I'm open to that. And at one time we were supposed to plan a trip. And so she pretty much ghosted on me again. Hmm. And I was like, okay, so this is what I get for giving you a second chance. So that to me was like, I, I guess she was afraid of my responses because I remember when I told my brother, she's like, he told me, you know, she really misses you. And then later on, he said, you know, she's kind of afraid of how you, how you bite. And I was like, what do you mean? She's just scared that since you're very feisty, that you're going to be, um, you're not going to forgive her. And I said, well, I mean, I don't understand what's the problem because eventually we spoke about it. 
So I don't understand why she didn't want to continue to mend the friendship. I felt like maybe for her it was too much work because she suffered from depression. But I never, I never held that against her. I was always there for her. I understood when she didn't want to talk to me, but she completely just ghosted. But then she was still talking to my brother. So that to me was like, okay, that was a lazy way of you trying to get into my good side. And you didn't even earn it. So that to me, yeah, it it really upset me. It's like, it's not even worth it. Don't even come to me because I, I understand that I can be a bit like I can bark and bite, but I would not not to listen. You know, I'm always the type to say, okay, I'm going to calm down. I will listen to you. Hmm. What do you want to talk about? You know, so, but that's not the first time it's happened. Um, it's been with multiple friends, but I feel like that's a whole different conversation. Yeah. Because, I, I mean, we spoke the first time we spoke, like you spoke about the the fact that you were feisty. And that that attitude was something that you needed to work on. But I think we were speaking more in the context of professional type of relationships. Do you think that anything that you've done or expressed or exhibited to your family or friends might have warranted them being a bit concerned that, you know, that you might be aggressive toward them or something like in the situation with this woman? I don't know, because even when I tell certain people the story, or when I when I was concerned about it, they would say, I don't understand. What was the point of her apologizing? Mm-hmm. And even I was, like, dumbfounded because I was like, I don't know. And and it's true. I could be aggressive, but... But you don't think that was warranted? No, I don't think so because... I get you. Yeah, it's just one of those things that... No, it's, it's, not, just confusing. it's nothing surprising. And I, it's not very confusing for me. I think what it is is that some people are very concerned about their own conscience. And in that situation that you described, what I would gather from it is that this person had this situation on her chest, on her conscience, and she needed it cleared. And in speaking with you, she had the opportunity to sort of get that done. And you did that for her. And once that was done, she did not need anything else from you or a relationship with you. So I think that's all there is to it. She cleared her conscience and she was good to go. Yeah. Wow, you know what's funny? That recently happened to me last year with a guy. Mm. And it, it sounds exactly what you're saying. He cleared his conscience and he just walked away from it. And that guy said it's a different story, but I was just like, what the heck? Don't even come to me apologizing if you're not going to try. When he said himself, I, I want to be friends and I'm willing to, you know, to give it a shot in mending our relationship or friendship or whatever. So, and then I told him, I remember, I said, you know, it's funny, you counting, you know, counting your, your karma and, and fixing it is not going to make you a better person. Mm-hmm. And he didn't know what to say. Mm-hmm. Although, is that what it is? You think that's, you, you, you know, talking to people, asking forgiveness, that's going to give you karma points in the future so that nothing bad happens to you? I was like, you're doing it for the wrong reasons if you're coming to me for forgiveness. Hmm. So. <laughs> it's sad. Yeah. That's a thing that some people do. They're just very... They seek closure for themselves from the things that they themselves did. It's a weird yeah, thing, yeah. but people do it. People do it. Wow. Yeah, I'm so, glad that you saw it because I didn't even know how to explain it to myself. I was just so, so downfounded. Like, what? People actually do that? Go to church. Talk <laughs> to God. Like, yeah. Don't come to me and waste my time and make me confused all over again, you know? Oh, that's, that's where the selfish aspect of people who do that come in because... It's one thing if, you know, this is what it is. We know that person A did this and person B feels this way about it. 
mm-hmm. but everyone has the same understanding. You know what I mean? There's mm-hmm. a consensus of whatever it is that happens. But when person A then comes and aims to reconcile with person B, and then they they end up on a new page where it's like, okay, this happened. There's an apology. We're okay now. Mm-hmm. We're good now. And then person A walks away from that situation. Yes. All that happens is that there's a new um, piece of confusion that is left, but it's only left with person B. And person A is completely clear of it. It's like they yep. wash their hands, and that is yep. absolutely selfish behavior. Wow, but <laughs> that's exactly it. it. They wash their damn hands. Yeah, people do it. But yeah, so yeah. don't be confused about it. Don't ever try to worry or find closure about it. It's just it's that's what people do. People do very strange things. I always say like. <laughs> when you know the human being is such we're just so complex and mm-hmm. there are so many of us obviously and as much as you might see similar traits with you know one set of people and whatever it's like each of them still have a way or a thing that makes them completely different and unique and one thing that we must never do because it will drive us absolutely insane is try to understand the strange things that people do yeah then when you do get an understanding like for example it's like was this person just being selfish probably Mm -hmm. that's what it was like don't it's there might have been no reason for them to be that selfish there would have been no reason for them to do what they did nothing that makes sense but trust me things don't need to make sense to people sometimes it doesn't right and you just have to write it off as yeah, that's what they did. We don't know why they did it, but that's what they did, and I just have to move on from it. <laughs> yep, you are one hundred percent. That's what I've been doing lately. Um, oh, let me see if that's. Yeah, I I've learned that I don't need closure. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Um, so I've grown a lot from that. I don't need closure, and I'm okay with walking away from a situation where, even if they want closure and. I, I don't need to give them closure because sometimes people just take advantage. That's another opportunity for some people to just step all over you or to manipulate you. Mm-hmm. Um, especially if it's like an emotional abusive thing, you don't need closure with that person. You just walk away. Yep. Um, but when it comes to um, not, um, I put here also not focusing on romantic or sexual relations at the moment, even though great, that'll be great. But that's not going to happen anytime soon. Like, I, you know, I have to be patient, but I'm open to talking and getting to know someone, taking it slow, maybe being friends first, um, because, it, I mean, it's a double-edged sword, because I have been involved with people who were friends, but then, you know, because they know you, but then I've been screwed over by them, too, even though you know each other for so long, it's like, okay, now, I, I gave myself to this one person, and they took advantage of me. Like, you know, they kind of, hit you where it hurts because we know you versus um you know dating someone from like a dating app or just from a bar who knows or i don't know music festival and getting to know them it's like a clean slate but you don't really know them so to me i'm I'm open but at the same time i'm still guarded too you know i I only cautious yes i give different parts of myself but not entirely because no one needs to know my full story. You need to kind of, you need to earn it. You need to deserve it. Because I feel like that if you open yourself so much, that's a good way for them to kind of catch you off guard, which has happened with me. Um, but 
I am going to add this one thing in because I did see growth in myself. Uh-huh. Um, it was back in October when I was dating someone new. It didn't last long, but the connection was there at first. And then later on, he kind of started to nitpick at little things. And I felt like he was just <laughs> doing that to not like me anymore because this is, I know you're going to be like, what? So I come from monogamy. He was monogamous that turned polaramous. You won't. And so I said, I'm open to trying that because I wanted to be more adventurous with my sexuality. Mm -hmm. So I wasn't trying to change him, not at all. But it just, it does take some time to go from one thing to another. And so I don't know, maybe he wasn't patient enough or whatever. I was not jealous though, which was weird because I used to be jealous. Um, I toned that down. You know, I was more open to his ideas and all of this. case of like an open relationship or a sharing relationship open relationship okay gotcha and so it didn't last long but we had great intimacy and then one day out of nowhere it was funny i realized that maybe we weren't that compatible and we texted each other at the same time hey i'm not sure we're compatible and i said you know maybe we're not good for relationship but maybe we're good to be friends and maybe to get intimate if that makes sense Mm -hmm. and it was the first time I've ever said that because I'm not the type to use people for sex and because I trusted him with my body and so he's like I don't think so I think we should just be friends and I said but I'm not here to just be friends and so eventually that was the first time I didn't cry over a guy Mm. let's just say that I didn't cry. I We had one final conversation. He actually wanted to be friends, but he was like, hey, you know, and I was like, what am I going to get out of it? Because he was being really judgy over some things or some conversation that we had. And I was like, okay, you know what? If you're going to be really judgy, I don't trust you with the rest of my life to mm-hmm. be friends. And so eventually he hung, we hung up and then he texted me, hey, do you want to continue our conversation? And I left him hanging. Usually I'm not the type to go. But I had to just leave it like that. Um, I was like, this is not important for me. And I didn't cry. And I said, you know, it was confusing because I was like, wow, it was doing so great. Um, but then I don't know where he wanted to end it like that. Well, the romantic part. And I was like, you know what? I don't need this crap. <laughs> and and I walked away from it. But it didn't make me feel bad. It didn't make me question like, oh, my God, maybe I wasn't that great in bed. No, I was just like, no, he was he was just not the one <laughs> to, to do this with. Uh-huh. Um, so I felt like that was definitely growth. Um, and even my friends were like, wow, you know, they were really happy for me because I tend to really beat myself up when it comes to these situations. Um, and I tend to just not move on as quickly. Hmm. Why do you yeah. think this was? Like, why do you think this one didn't have a certain effect on you? I guess because I was able to leave sooner. Hmm. I It wasn't elongated. And also, it's not like I got attached because we were the type to talk like once a day or have a phone call once every other day. It's not like, um, I already knew from mindset, this is something new. He's polygamous. Don't get attached. I already was prepared. I don't know how I prepared myself, <laughs> but I kind of put it in my head. Like, you know, don't think this is end up in a relationship. This is just a test trial. Mm-hmm. because usually when I like someone, you know, you kind of like fantasize about these little dumb things like, oh, maybe we'll go on a date and oh my God, you know, maybe we'll go on a trip in like six months. Yes, yes. And so it's one of the first time I didn't do that. I don't know why or how, I guess because I had been burned before mm-hmm. that same year with, with some other guy that I mentioned that he wanted to be friends again because mm-hmm. uh, he, me and him, we did get 
uh, we had a great connection, but it just didn't work out based on his history. And I was not around to, to heal anybody that didn't want to, to be, uh, be in my, I don't know, my, or my, my presence. I don't know how to explain it, but he had burned me and I was still hurt from that. And I did cry over him a lot because I was confused. We had a great connection. So I, I guess I'll just give you the background because yeah. it would make more sense. Mm-hmm. So I met this guy around 2017. I met him at a music festival in Vegas. And we had a great time. Right off the bat, he wasn't even my type. But I was like, wow, he's, he's great at talking and a conversation. He has a great body. He has everything. He's smart, whatever. And so we hit it off. I thought it was going to be a one-night stand. And so next thing you know, he hits me up here in the city because he lived in the Bronx. Mm-hmm. And we hung out again. And it was a sexual relationship. At the same time, we also went to music festivals together and events. But then later on, so the connection was a little deeper. But then later on, um, you know, we started to actually talk, talk like friends. And I said, wow, this is interesting. I've never done this before. Like, go from physical to, like, friendship. So later on, I found out he was not single. He had lied to me. And so I got really upset and he had been like in a two year relationship. And I said, are you kidding me? Like you're wasting my time. And so I said, listen, I'm willing to be your friend, which is bad. I I was going to cut him off, but I said, listen, because we have such great conversations, I'm willing to be your friend, but no sex. Okay, great. So nothing happened. And then, but I noticed he was exhibiting toxic traits from my ex. So right then and there, I should have cut him off, but I didn't, thinking that maybe he was still vulnerable, he was still lost in his relationship, whatever. And then, um, comes the year after, it's kind of like a stagnant, like, friendship. Like, it's not like we hit each other up all the time, but I know that he wasn't giving me, he wasn't nurturing the friendship that I thought we had. So then anyway, a year later, I've had enough, because I felt, I still felt like a side chick. I didn't like that feeling. Even as a friend, I felt like a side chick. And so I said, you know what? I'm going to tell his girlfriend. I told his girlfriend. Yes. Yes, I know. Very ballsy. Um, (laughs) But I did it for my peace of mind because I know I didn't do anything wrong. And because I felt from what I saw on social media, she seemed like a good girl. She was a teacher. She was in her her 30s. It's like, wow, it's too bad. You're wasting her time. I feel bad for women who think that. They have it all, and then look, there, there's a freaking guy. About her looking like a fool behind yes. the scenes, yeah. Exactly. So I was like, you know, from a woman to a woman, I'm not here to humiliate her. I'm here to tell her to get tested because I don't know how many of the girls he had. Mm-hmm. You, you know what I mean? And it, it just, I feel for her. So I said, listen, it's not to be malicious. I'm just saying, please get tested because he was lying to me too about maybe having multiple partners. Mm-hmm. And so eventually she responded, thank you so much, blah, blah, blah. And so soon after, I think they broke up. But the only way I know is because a year ago, in January, <laughs> I remember I quit my job at And then and at the end of the month, I see a text message from a number I recognize, and it's him. And what's funny, the time that I told his girlfriend, he messaged me saying, I'm not even mad at you. You did the right thing. Take care of yourself. Something like that. Wow. And I was like, what the hell? And I was like, okay, sure. But not once did he say sorry. The only time he said sorry was when it was like the first time around, you know, when I caught him. But I felt like that was not even an apology. You're a trash. So then a year later, or well, a few months after they broke up, he said, you know, you kind of made me realize 
that I should have been grateful for you. You kind of opened my mind to this and this and this. I guess she wasn't happy in the relationship, and he took that step to break up with her after being with her for so long. And also he said, oh, I realized that you made me more vulnerable. I mean, oh, my God. I realized you made me more of a vulnerable person, Giselle. That's something I never really done because he had a hard time showing emotions, even though I was the one who took it out of him. I don't know how. I don't know if he was like that with everyone else, but with me, we had really deep conversations. So I said, well, I'm glad you're able to explore your vulnerable side. You know, it's good to, to do that. He's like, I'm jealous of you because you're not afraid of showing your emotions. I want to be like that. Like, it's not that hard, but you make it hard on yourself. So mm-hmm. that's something you need to work on, not me. And so eventually, you know, we hang out, but I, I'm physically keeping my, car, my guard up. Mm-hmm. And maybe I'm so attracted to him, but I wanted to build a friendship. And so eventually we hang out. Nothing really happens, but we do kiss. And I said, I don't know if I'm ready for this. I was like, no. I was like, you know, because even though you said sorry, it doesn't mean anything. Your actions speak louder than your words. And so he says, well, I'm willing to, like, earn it. <laughs> yeah, right. So then eventually, like, a, um, you know, we're, we text on and off, like, a week later. But then I start to realize he's not paying attention to me. Like, he just kind of, like, washes hands, I feel. So I messaged him and said, well, you know, I would like to talk, you know, because I, I, I don't understand why you said sorry. You're over here, you know, coming to me like you're a saint now, but you're not really, your actions are not speaking for itself. Like you're not doing anything. It's not my responsibility to show you that you deserve to be in my life. And so for a whole week, I told him, call me, call me. He wouldn't call me. I was like, you know what? I've had enough. I messaged this whole big paragraph. Listen, I really don't care if you don't care about me, but you know, you doing this is not going to make you a better person, you know? So I hope in the future you learn what you did to me through other, through your other experiences. If he ever does feel the pain that I feel, um, because, you know, he does have a little sister. He's close to his mom. Um, so it's like, you have these woman figures in your life. Would you want that for them? The way you treated me? No. So, you know, in the future, ever see your sister go through this, remember what you put me through because I'm pretty sure the advice you give her is going to be different. So I just gave him this whole big paragraph and I was like, you know what? This is, <laughs> this is not even worth it. Like I should have just left you where I left you. And then of course he replies with very minimal. That's how I knew this uh, middle finger to the air to this guy. He said, you know what? You're right. I don't deserve you. I'm too, I, I'm no, I'm no good for you. Um, you're better off without me. And no, I wasn't using you for sex. I didn't want to. That's how you see it. But that's not what it is. And I didn't believe him because why else would you go to somebody after I betrayed you? It's, I don't even say it was a betrayal because he betrayed me to begin with. But why? You know, it, it just didn't make sense to me. So I was like, you know what? I didn't do anything wrong. You know who came back to me. I was interested in going back to you. I was saying, maybe I'll give you a chance because we did have a good friendship. We did. Um, but at the end of the day, I was like, you know what? You made me suffer a lot. <laughs> you gave me, you know, STD scares. This is not worth it. I'm not going through this again. So I was glad I sent that message, even though I could have ghosted on him, but I wanted to give him peace of my mind because I was never afraid to speak up. Even if it did help, if it did make a difference or not, I still, I still want to put my word. And so, yeah, eventually he sent me that last text message and I said, no, I'm not, I'm not answering. Like he like, you didn't even say sorry. Like, I don't believe you're sorry now. 
And so I guess a lot was going on in his life that quotes going on in his life that he didn't have time to mend our friendship. And I said, well, you know what? That's not my problem. <laughs> sorry, not sorry. That's not an excuse to, to abandon our friendship whenever you have issues. Because when I have issues, I wouldn't, I would not abandon him. I would reach out, you know, but I felt left out also because when we were following each other on Instagram, you would see him hanging out with his friends. What are you going through? You're, you're a liar. Don't, don't lie to me. So whatever. It's one of those things that is so silly when I look back at him. But then afterwards, like a month later, he called me drunk and I didn't pick up. I was like, no, you, you need to suffer. You need to live with your little consequences here. <laughs> I, there's, I'm not walking. I'm, I'm not the type to ever go back to a guy, but because I said, oh, maybe, you know, whatever. I don't know. Second chances. And, but then for me, I was like, you know what? You didn't change. You never changed, dude. So I'm glad I walked away from that because I still probably would have been suffering from that. Um, you know, too much on my conscience of like, what did I do? What did I, what I didn't do this time? No. So, but I feel like he washed his hands in that way of saying, I'm no good for you. Instead of saying, you know what? I, you're right. I wasted your time. I, I'm so sorry, Giselle. Meh. Sorry it's not going to mean anything, right? It's not going to solve anything. So, but that's why I'm more cautious now. Um, to comment a bit on this situation, I feel like the reason that this individual could have reacted that way is because they were not sorry. Yeah. Because people like this, when they express themselves, like showing their emotions and so on, you could probably bet your last dollar that they are not lying to you. These people understand what their truths are, but they are not willing to live in it. I would refer to them as cowards. So hearing you say that he wasn't mad at you because you told his girlfriend is because he knew and was completely aware that what he was doing wasn't right. And he knew it to himself that perhaps she even deserved better, but he wasn't able to live in that truth that he now understood. Instead, he was just too much of a coward to allow her to have better. And it's this cowardice that also comes with selfishness but they are not sorry when someone does something for them that they are too weak to do themselves they are grateful yeah not sorry so don't be confused okay but i wanted to ask you yeah do you think that it was wise holding someone like this to higher expectations or even attempting to be friends with them or perhaps a romantic relationship knowing what they were doing to their ex that's a great question because I did think about that. Um, I'm going to say, obviously, it's not great. It, it, to begin with, I already had a negative. I already knew I would never make him my boyfriend. Um, I just thought that the friendship aspect was, was, was there. You know, so I said, okay, look, why not? Because he can't hurt me if we're not going to be romantically involved. But look, he still managed to hurt me in a friendship type of way. I guess the reason, and I will say this, and it's going to sound kind of weird. So I noticed that my brother, one of my oldest brothers, he is a bit of a womanizer. And but for some reason, with this is bad. Maybe it's like a projection thing, but he has really good friendships with the girls that he sleeps with. And he, from what I see, doesn't treat them like crap, whatever. And I, and I tell myself, I said, you know, I hope I can find someone who I can sleep with, but doesn't treat me like crap. And I thought that he would have been one. So, well, this guy, not my brother, <laughs> this guy. Um, so I thought, hey, it's possible because the friend that I told you who ghosted on me, um, 
she had, I remember we had spoken about that, about friends of benefits. And she said, you know what, your brother, me and him are no longer together, but he's a really good friend. Even though sometimes we sleep with each other or not, he's a really good friend. And I said, you know, maybe this guy was like that for me, but maybe that's not so healthy. Maybe I don't need that. Maybe I just completely need to disconnect from that, which I used to be like that in the past. Um, but for some reason, I don't know why in that point in time, I said, oh, why not? I don't know why. <laughs> um, but maybe, maybe that's what I was trying to search for. And it eventually, I stopped looking for that, for that, oh, friends of benefits who could have been around. No, I said, you know what? If it doesn't happen. I'm not going to force it. But maybe I was forcing it. So. Hmm. Do you know what I think? Do you remember our last session that we came up with a definition for failure? Yeah. Uh-huh. Trying something, falling, and not picking yourself back up? Yes. But the fact that if this thing wasn't for you, then technically it wasn't a failure. Yes. I feel like that's what happens with the guy in October. Because firstly, I feel like at some point you gave up on wanting or on finding a real love, real relationship and being willing to settle for a friends with benefits situation. For what reason? We'll dig deeper into and aim to understand the exact situation that occurred that made that happen. But I think that is where you were. And I feel like the reason the last Uh guy didn't work out is because it further allowed you to understand that this is not for you. Yeah. This thing is not for Giselle. Yep. That's why you didn't have an emotional breakdown. Uh That's why you didn't cry or anything because you knew that it wasn't for you. And your inner self knew that you didn't need to be there because that's not where you truly wanted to be or even needed to be. Yes, that is true. And I'm not going to lie to myself about it. So it's like everyone's like, oh, casual sex. And I'm like, but that's not for everyone. Like people need to respect that some people are just, monogamous and that's it so but yeah that is true (laughs) i after i came to terms i think we definitely need to talk about that because one of your fears is settling so it's quite intriguing that you are willing to essentially settle for something that wasn't true to yourself (laughs) yeah girl we will have to do an entire session just for that So take that as the reason you didn't cry or get emotional about it because it wasn't a failure to really understand that that wasn't for you. And in my opinion, I would definitely tell you to not give up on wanting real love and to give up on the FWB situation because it's clearly not what's going to make you happy. It's not for you. Mm -hmm. So if it ain't what you want, if it ain't what it is that's going to make you happy, just leave it alone. (laughs) No matter how nice the person is, if it's not for you, it's not for you. Mm -hmm. At all. Yes. You know what's funny? Real quick. Really quick. I I I did that recently. Back in January, I got on another dating app just to have drinks. Nothing like, oh, you know, sexual. And there was this one moment where this guy, he took me out. We had a fun night. And at the end of the night, when I clearly told him I was not looking for anything sexual, he said, let's get out of here. And I said, no. And so I spoke to my friend about it. I was like, listen, he was a nice guy, but I'm not sure. And she said, why would you want to be friends with a guy like that? And I was like, you know what? You're right. Screw that. But I was just looking at it from a different perspective. 
but I'm not the type to be like, oh, you know, I'll keep him around just because. And I, I was like, you know what? No, this is not going to be another situation of two, three years ago. <laughs> Seriously, you don't owe anyone anything. Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah. But you're right. I was like, no, screw that. I don't owe anyone anything. And they don't owe me anything, right? But I, I was like, this is gross. <laughs> And that is really great because, again, you have to be able to make those type of decisions for yourself. You know what? Let me ask you another question. Do you take any accountability for those situations, like having allowed them to escalate, especially the one with the guy? And I mean this politely, of course, knowing that he was not the most decent person. And even with the most recent one, knowing that he was perhaps you know, into something that you knew wasn't really for you. And the fact that you said that you nitpicked or judged or whatever, like, do you take any accountability for the fact that you didn't get out of these situations at the moments you knew you should have? I definitely take accountability for the first guy because I was going to cut him off the moment I learned he had a girlfriend. Mm. And I don't know why I didn't leave him there. Um, so, yeah, definitely. Well, that's good to hear. Yeah, <laughs> because I would have saved myself an extra two years of, of, you know, thinking, what did I do? What did I do? No, I would have been like, hey, that's it. He wouldn't have even known that I knew he had a girlfriend, you know? Well, problem solved, because I'm usually that type. But, yeah, that was, that. I definitely take accountability for that. <laughs> and then the second guy, of course, you can't, I wasn't looking to change him. But if you're not willing to kind of teach me ways to kind of be comfortable in his type of relationship uh type yeah i, I should have been like hmm, yeah i'm trying something that is out of my comfort zone you were changing yourself essentially but just not for him but just no yes yes so definitely it's important to note i guess that the fact that you were considering so much like, okay, I'm not going to change him, but you're making it clear that you were willing to change yourself for personal reasons. But you knew and you were aware that he was not about to hold your hand through the process, which means that he essentially didn't care about the fact that you were changing yourself. Yeah, you know, because he was, the thing is, the funny part, he was willing to take it slow because um, he was that type to not rush anything because he said to himself he's like i don't rush it i don't like rushing anything i was like perfect me neither um i guess it was more of the context because i say it's because of the differences in our point of views of polygamy and monogamy but he made it about my personal point of views so i I don't know i think he was lying but he said he he didn't like the way i spoke about a certain topic um let's say let's just say make believe it was about like i like trump and he likes obama you know what i mean let's just say it, was, it wasn't that though but he didn't like the way i said certain things and i said okay so you expect me to say yes to everything that you like that doesn't make any sense and so i remember it was real stupid it was one time we were listening to music and you know he knows i like electronic music and he likes more like slow r&b every time i play electronic music he would change it but then when it was his turn with his music I said, okay, I'm going to respect your your choices, your musical choices. So that kind of annoyed me how you say you're so open, but then you're so judgy about the littlest things. So I told him, I was like, you know what? I hope you find someone who's perfect, just like you, because you know what? That's not going to happen, but good luck. So I felt like he was trying to mold someone to be like him. 
So I was like, I'm not here for that. I realized that later on. I was like, what the heck? <laughs> it was a facade. Like, oh, I'm open and free-spirited. No, not really. You're, you're a fraud. <laughs> there are these people who like the idea mm-hmm. of that persona and they hold on to that concept and that's what they pitch to people that they are when they're not. Yes. Yes, oh my God, someone told me that too. <laughs> mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Yeah, that's true. Okay, so success in the now. Um, I, I'm actually happy that I'm starting the freelance life. I'm actually doing it because when I, quote, was a freelancer in 2015, I didn't really do anything. I, I feel like I wasn't probably trying. I was taking little gigs here and there. But that's really about it. But now I'm being more proactive in perfecting my craft, like doing that YouTube channel or creating a second second Instagram account to promote my brand. Um, what else? Um, trying things, reaching out to people on Craigslist and Instagram and collaborating and filling in roles where I can help. Um, also, reaching out when I actually need help. Um, I feel like that's a problem that people have, that they don't like asking for help or... They feel like they're vulnerable in the week. And I feel like, no, you should reach out when you feel like, hey, you know, I know someone who is a writer. Let me reach out and find out how to become a writer. Like, it's okay to do that. And I want to be comfortable going to people like that and say, hey, can you mentor me? And because of that, luckily, I have two mentors now. <laughs> One who helps me, gives me like production assistant um, gigs, and I go with him to these uh, film sets and I shadow him. Even though I'm not getting paid, I shadow him. And I'm grateful for that because a lot of people do not give you the time of day. Um, so he was one of the first. And then now I have another mentor who she helps with my resume. She's actually a social media manager. And just the other day we were on the phone. And the way that she was able to fix my resume or like help me build it was so different from the way that I, I, I wrote it. So I'm grateful that these people are taking the time to actually say, hey, this is what you could do better. This will get you hired. You know what? You have so much about you that you're not saying on your resume. Put that in there. That's impressive. So I feel like that's, that's a step in the right direction. Uh, let me see. Also, I think that was most of it. <laughs> mm-hmm, mm-hmm. I am letting go of my fear of the unknown. I am exploring more wisely, uh, being more strategic. Before, I was very erratic. I was impulsive, for sure. Um, but now I have to think like, an, I don't want to say like an adult, but more maturely. And think in the long run, 
this action, will it, what consequence will it lead to? Will it give me the results that I want? So that's good. Um, that I'm thinking before I act, which is something that not a lot of people do. Uh, and I also realized that I come to terms with my, um, singlehood. You know, it's not about, you know, I want to find someone who, uh, when I'm depressed, I can lean on. It's like, you know, no, you have your family, you have your friends. And if it comes, it comes. It's, it can't be forced. If you force it, I mean, is it really going to be true, true love? <laughs> so I come to terms with that and also being celibate. I'm okay being celibate. It doesn't bother me. I can go years without having sex. And if, and when people, oh, really? How do you do that? Simple self control and being happy. <laughs> That's really it. Um, and I like that I can be confident with, you know, you have to work with what you got. So be resourceful. And I feel like I've been doing that with, you know, my knowledge and people around me. So I, I feel like I am turning from negative to like a positive. Um, because there's no point in looking back and saying, well, I should have done this differently. Of course you can, but that's a waste of time. It really, yeah, especially I remember one time I, when I worked at, I was, I bumped into this, uh, news personality and it was so weird. It was just weird with each other at lunch and now he's super like up there now, but I didn't, because at the time he wasn't, but I remember we were talking and he's like, so tell me about yourself. You know, you seem interesting. And I said, okay. And I told him like how much I regret that I ended up being there instead of like at magazine or something. And then he says, he's like, Hey, Giselle, don't. Don't think about your regrets. There's still time. Dreams can actually come true. Um, you know, le- uh, just swimming in your regrets, where's it going to get you? Exactly. And I said, you're right. <laughs> so he kind of, you know, because he's more, I think he's like in his mid-40s, and he just became popular, let's say, or well-known. Because he's an advocate advocate for uh, like prison reform. And... um you know, uh, I don't know what else. He does a lot. He does a lot for, like, prisoners and stuff like that. So, and he told me. He's like, listen, I started when I was in my late 20s at City Hall protesting, and look at me now. Look, that's 20 years. And I said, good for you, even though that's not the path that I, you know, that I'm going on. Um, but, wow, there is still time. I mean, I'm going to reach 30. I have 20 more years to get to where I want to be. But, but yeah, he kind of gave me a different perspective on success. Um, I'm trying to think what else I realized about myself. Uh, I'm very much tight on my relationships too, because over the years, I've lost people that I thought were going to stick around, um, where I was there for them. But then the moment I needed them, they pretty much vanished. And it's sad because let's say, I had this cousin that I was really close to, single, depressed at the time, couldn't find a job, whatever the case. And we were there for each other. And everything was fine. I don't know what happened. Like, last year, I don't know where, he got a new girlfriend. And we were great for his the first few months of his relations, but then now he moved in with her, and now he stopped talking to me. And I didn't do anything wrong. And so it's one of those things like, okay, so now that you're taken and life is great, I have no room in your life. So I'm going to be more cautious the second time around because that's not the first time it's happened. Um, and it's disappointing because you don't think that, you know, that that's going to happen. Um, because you guys were at 
the same level of depression or, you know what I mean? Like uh, not having anything at the time. So to me, I'm being even more cautious with family members too. I, I don't feel the need to, this is my mindset now. If you weren't there for me when I need you and you come back to my life now when I'm thriving, I don't, I don't want you to come back. There's no need for you to kind of interrupt what's going on in my life. Because for them, for it to happen again, that's a distraction that, you know, so I feel like I'm, I'm just going to pick wisely, like I said, and I don't know, I never really had a problem with choosing my friends. I'm actually pretty good at that. I have, you know, like I said, good intuition, but that was really disappointing because that's one of those things, one of those friendship, cousin, cousin friendships that died out of nowhere. And even if I were to approach them, I, I don't know. I don't think I did anything wrong. So I just don't want people to come back in my life. Like, let's say that guy, I, I should have cut him off. But this person, nothing really happened. You know what I mean? It's like, he, you know, my cousin didn't cheat on me. My cousin didn't betray me. It's just they stopped talking to me. So it's like, do I let them back into my life? I don't know. I'm not really comfortable doing that um, unless they had a good reason. But I feel like I'm very let's say, keeping my soldiers in a row. Like, if we're playing chess, I'm always going to stay on one side of the board. I don't want to go back to that place where it's like I'm taking somebody back and then I feel like a fool for forgiving them. Okay. Mm-hmm. Mm, okay. Thank you. Yeah. <laughs> um, yeah. I'll give me that. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Okay. Okay, I wrote it down. Mm. Intuition mm-hmm. for guidance. Okay. Mm-hmm. Yes. Yeah.
Ja. Mm-hmm. Yes. Yeah. Yeah. Exactly. Yes. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. Okay. The F point, mm-hmm. right? Diverse, diversity, involvement, inspiration, achievement, family experience, evolution, and the eighth one is the one that we're trying to figure out. Okay. okay. Mm-hmm. Right. So, in addition to those, though, before we even get to the eighth, 
write down these terms. Don't you don't like they're not necessarily the same thing. Like they're not the F point concepts, but these are the things that are involved in the F point concepts. So write down optimism. Okay. Discipline. Mm -hmm. Growth. Pride. Mm -hmm. Useful. Support. Okay. All right. So I am also cautious. Cautious. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Um... I definitely keep working on my um, conversation skills and keeping that rapport alive, reaching out, um, not only when I need them, but just to say hi, because you don't want to lose that connection with them. Um, so I feel like I have to do my part just the way that they reach out to me. I have to reach out to them. It's not one-sided. Um, so I feel like that's the best way, you know, even on Facebook or Instagram, like a picture, leave a comment, like I'm thinking of you, something like that. Cause sometimes, you know, some people just need that, that you're around, even if you don't text them, it's like, okay, well, here I am. I like your picture. If, if, I know some people are like that. So, just constantly be active 
in their life in more ways than one. Give them a call. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Okay. Active presence. Okay. Um, let me see. Actually, yeah. <laughs> yeah, we had that for a while, like, on WhatsApp, and then um, we do have one, like, for iPhone. Um, and then for some, um, depending on, like, let's say all the girls will have an uh, Instagram um, group where we send each other funny memes or something like that. So depending on the relationships with each person, like, we'll have a serving chat, but then I'll have them with just, I guess, certain cousins. So different circles because not all of them know each other or blend together. So that's one way that um, we keep the com communication going. Actually, yeah, so my oldest brother, um, he has a kid now, so we do FaceTime, so that's nice. Something I don't, I'm not, I haven't really, I'm not used to FaceTiming, but with him and the baby, it's, I want to be part of my nephew's life. Mm-hmm. Uh. The the best part about my family, I'll tell you, is that when we were little, we learned how to, to mend a, a relationship. So there's not one moment where you'll see us mad for an entire day. We'll talk like an hour later. We don't go weeks without talking to each other. Like, that's something that my dad said. You guys talk about it, say sorry, and keep it moving. So we've never had that issue. Um, So I want to keep that around. When we have kids... You guys are not going to fight. You guys are going to make up right now. <laughs> Unless it's a really intense topic. But but still, yeah, I want to continue that. Continue the tradition that my dad taught us. And reach out when someone's wrong. Say sorry. And just work on it. If it happens again, keep working on it. Never let it die. Mm-hmm. Yes. Okay. Mm -hmm. I need to establish a portfolio, make a website showcasing my skills, my capabilities, um, whether it's in writing form, photography, or a type of video, con uh, video content. I definitely build my reputation in the industry as someone professional, creative, someone who it was easy to work with because, you know, some people after a while, they think that they're too good for you to work with you. So I always want to be approachable and 
reliable and I guess valuable, have a purpose in their team. So I'm not the type to fit in, but in this case, I want to fit in the right way, my way. So I don't know how to explain that. Um, Mhm. Mhm. Mm mhm. Mm yeah. <laughs> okay, you got it. Got it. Mm -hmm. Never limit myself on the type of experience that I want. So, you know, response to that, every Craigslist post that you can find, like, it doesn't matter if it's, hey, for a day, you're on set. It doesn't matter. Like, it doesn't have to be a project that's a month long. I want to eat off every plate that is available and then you know that's the only way to build experience so i feel like take any opportunity of course it's different it's like they're trying to exploit you <laughs> but in this case i, I want to make sure that it's actually gonna fall into line with my goal too because i wouldn't take a, a random gig at like a kitchen cooking no that's <laughs> that's not what i want to do so yeah okay Yes, yes, okay. All right, got it. Yes, if not, then I create my own opportunities. Okay. Evolution, okay. I think I can continue to surround myself with people who actually call me out on my on my crap on my I don't want to say that's that's a reminder of hey you said you weren't gonna do that look what you're um it's a reminder of they saw you where you were and where you want to grow to so keeping those people around and also doing more self reflecting um taking accountability you know for certain situations that I wouldn't have in the past so. I, I, I maybe even, I've been doing this recently where I, um, I go to my friends for, uh, a second opinion so that they can give me their point of view because sometimes when you're in that situation, you can only think about your emotions. So, well, I guess that goes hand in hand with the company you keep, right? Yes. 
Yeah. So, um, intuition. All right. Okay. <laughs> Yay. Thank you. <laughs> That's true. Inspiration. Mm hmm. Uh, I feel like one is being being honest and um, being accessible. And honest because, you know, people think sometimes that people post the good parts about themselves. And not that we need to post our ne negative uh, experiences, but sometimes it's okay to be honest with people and say, hey, you know, life is not perfect. This is what I've been going through. If If you're comfortable doing that. Um, but if someone, usually I do that if someone messaged me on the side and said, Hey, um, Giselle, are you okay? I, I saw that you posted this and then we'll talk and that opens a conversation. So that's, you know, I guess some, some type of impact and at the same time accessible, meaning being open to people who message me and say, Hey, it's been a while, uh, let's catch up. And then from there, they realize what I'm going through and they're like, wow, you know, you, you're so brave for doing what you did. And I wish I would have done that. So I want people to not think that I'm too busy, not that I'm not, how do we say it? That I have time for them. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Nice. Mm-hmm. My truth. All right. Yeah. <laughs> okay. Yeah, right. Involvement. Okay. Um, you said besides volunteering? Oh. Being involved in things I'm passionate about? Yeah. Yeah. Um, I guess continue to volunteer where in projects that I can relate to. Um, and also, I feel like involvement also comes with just compassion and being helpful. So if I have like a family member who's in need, I want to be there for them. So I want to be involved in that way. Um, 
I'm trying to think. Um, um, accessible. I'm trying to think uh, because involvement also think about the industry that I'm going to be in. Um, so I guess also that being part of passion projects. Um, part of. Okay. Okay. Got it. Right. Yes, that's true. Achievement. Okay. Achievement has to do with the just doing it of it all. If you will have done it, then you will have achieved it. It's essentially the act of having seen something through. So what about this goal is integral to Giselle's legacy? I need to make sure that I'm I'm constantly active, that it's not um you know, when opportunity Cause not gonna do door take it, but at the same time, if there's nothing that is coming my way, I can create it. I can um, reach out myself and think of something where I can fill a void in someone's part of life or project or whatever it is. Um, taking a stab at things, and even if it doesn't work out, I guess at least I, I tried. All right. So for achievement, right. Remaining consistent. Okay. And put in brackets while growing. Yeah. Along with while growing, write discipline. Because for consistency, discipline is definitely necessary. Yeah, that's true. Because I do sometimes when there's downtime, I tend to procrastinate. And that's something that I'm trying to not do anymore. Oh, <laughs> uh, yes. I hope that you'll be able to. Um, it's definitely okay to take a rest, though. Yeah. Sometimes, you know, someone needs to go on a hiatus and just reboot and get themselves back on track. So, you know, go ahead and write that on a separate line. Okay. <laughs> to rest if you need it. Okay. To rest. All right. All right. So there are things that you've mentioned. Voice actress, children's book, YouTube page, just everything that you know you want to do. Go ahead and write those down. <laughs> okay. And what else? Um, okay. Wrote it all down. All right. So for our backup, now because you can't do all of these at the same time, well, sort of, then yeah. have backups. So write to keep persevering, to keep pushing. Um, because you said yourself, you know, you're not a quitter. And it definitely ties into as well, just knowing when to let something go. Yes, that correct. That is never a problem. You just go on to the next thing. Because you have all of these ambitions, then you should be good once you are able to remain consistent and disciplined that if you let go of one thing, you jump to the next and you just keep on pushing. Keep pushing. Yeah. 
Okay, great. It's a lot of writing. (laughs) (laughs) I know, I know. But trust me, writing everything is so good because you have it to look back on. Yep, yep. All right. Next on the list, you have diversity. Diversity. Okay. And what it is for diversity is that you basically, you don't want to be in a box. Mm-hmm. Having a lot going on for your life. Correct. Oh, wait. So we did family, we did recognition. So that was the seven. You're supposed to come up with the eight, right? Oh, I didn't I, realize that. Because I have, I have, because I write down a lot of what you say. So I have the support. I have a few of them here. So I think we did discuss diversity, but we were supposed to, we were supposed to come up with an extra. <laughs> okay. I. I brainstormed one, but I don't think it's good. No, tell me what it is. <laughs> I put, I mean, this is a little, like, probably out of context, though, because it's not towards my legacy. It's more towards myself. I put sexuality. Hmm, sexuality. The reason I put that is because I feel like I struggled with it in the past where you know, because of my experiences that they were, they didn't start so great. And then more, the more I learned about sex education as an adult, the more I said, this is normal. Um, but that's what I'm saying. It's, it's kind of different. It doesn't really lead to my legacy. It's more self-acceptance. Hmm. So that's the problem. I was like, I don't know how to put that into what I want to say. <laughs> Do you think you're saying you want to be comfortable with your sexuality? I feel like I am at this point, but I I don't know. I don't know. I feel like that's I feel like people are not that comfortable talking about it either. Like fluidity and all of that. And I feel like that's something I've been experimenting in the past. What was that? Fluidity and experimenting. And I feel like people are so scared to you know, especially with guys, when they say they're hetero and then they're like, oh, they might be interested in a guy. And it's like, it's okay. Like, that doesn't make you gay. That just means that you want to explore. You might be bisexual. And and, and sometimes, I mean, now it's like one of those times that people are really experimenting. You know, now they're trans this and, you know, binary or not, sorry, non-binary. So I don't know. I feel like that's the thing. That was, that's a bit more complex. I can only speak about my journey, not others. But I don't know. I feel like that's another topic for another day because yeah. uh, I mean, it's, it's very good. And I think that we're going to put that into when we have the session that also relates to, you know, the relationships and the love. And yeah. Well. I think that will be good to tie in there. So yeah. make a note of that. Okay. All right. And in that case, we can diversity can we can continue with diversity as the if is that good for you okay yep because and that meant basically i think on what we had discussed was the fact that you want to have you don't want to be stuck in a particular type of box or whatever i think i'm not certain if it was in our last session or if it was in our first call like you spoke about the fact that you want to have a certain type of life and everything but you still want to have the flexibility yeah Set of people or that set of people, your parents just like 
Yeah. It can come in different forms, like uh, working with people of all backgrounds, and then also making people feel comfortable for who they are. Um, in in terms of content, like let's say in in my own content, I can work alongside someone who, whatever audience I'm catering to, is going to be more relatable because I'm working with someone that they see themselves in. That makes sense. Um, so let's say, I don't know, um, I have a, I'm making a video on like South American forests or something. And then the best way to do that is you talk to somebody from South America and someone down there, you know, because it's like saying, having talk, making a video about making braids. Uh, and then you're going to talk to a white person. No, you're going to talk to someone who was built on that culture, like the African-American community, you know? So it's it's about that. I feel like a lot of people, I see a lot of videos like that where people get upset about cultural appropriation, and I don't want to be a part of that. No, for sure, for sure. That's great. Then. All right. So for that, then being right, being relatable, mm-hmm. and I would say being considerate of the content. Yes. Because like whatever particular type of material you're dealing with at the time. Once you're being considerate of it, then you're also going to consider the audience that is connected to that automatically, which is something yes. that a lot of creators do not do. Yep. And then you can write, of course, um, just what you're going to do. Just <laughs> <laughs> right? Mostly it's also yeah. what you're going to avoid right work with people in that form and uh, okay Mm, okay yep you got it I think that's it yeah that's funny because recognition initially I feel like it was under family but for some reason, we were able to pull it out, and it did. It is definitely its own thing. Mm-hmm. <laughs> so it's not what it was because I have it written here. So that's probably that's probably what it was. That's why I end up with more than we had originally. Recognition was under family. Yep, I remember here. I'm looking at the notes, and I'm like, wait, because I said I want to be be known as someone who is an adult now because I'm the youngest one, and blah 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 blah. But I guess that's that's a. Yeah. (laughs) Okay, so this is your goal, Ripper. These are the things that you need to do to ensure that you reach your end point and have your legacy. And they're not going to take a week or a month or a year. It's not things that you can put a time on. It's things that you really not only want to start and get you to a point, but things that you also want to remain in your life for the rest of it. Yep. And these are what they are. And these are what you gotta work on. So from that this from from between now and our next session, whatever it is from this list that you can start working on now, you should be able to. Perfect. (laughs) Absolutely. Now I know that we had the the next exercise where you did the the reading of the stuff, but I'm gonna 
the one with the what what I write about myself and look in the mirror. Oh, okay, yeah, that one was definitely lengthy. Um, <laughs> what I want to know is from the moment that you read them before. Yeah. Any change in how they made you feel, or if any of them even still exist as a part of who you are, you know? Yeah. Okay. That's kind of thing that All right. So how was this session for you? This one was pretty good. Um, I was not that. I wasn't in midway. I wasn't that nervous anymore. So, you know, I was more comfortable. I don't think I said anything wrong. You know, because sometimes you're like, oh, maybe this will differ from what I first said about myself, but it's like, no, this is just an extension of what I, um, from the last conversation. <laughs> so. forward to it always. <laughs>